bonus shows we're going to do i've got a special guest lined up for this one episode number 27 on the bonus show as well all the way from uh, over in la i have a special guest retired doctor turned author robert yoho is joining me for the conversation today robert thanks very much for coming in i appreciate your time it's about i think it's about 8 p.m over there in, in around la is that where you are that's right lee i'm a little better in the morning but i'll do my best <laughs> i hope i haven't kept you up too late mate uh, no i'm sorry <laughs> it's good to have you I'm with 60, us mate. i'm 68 i'm 68 it's past my bedtime <laughs> you look fantastic for 68 <laughs> Thank you. i appreciate that yeah. mate. <laughs> hair, hair dye and uh, whatever go ahead <laughs> uh it's fantastic well mate you've uh, written a, a fantastic book um as you've come out of being in healthcare, you've written uh, Butchered by Healthcare, What to Do About Doctors, Big Pharma, and Corrupt Government Ruining Your Health and Medical Care. One of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show is to talk about that book because it sort of speaks volumes to what's happening around the world. We're seeing a lot of this stuff, all the shenanigans happening within healthcare, within pharma, all behind the scenes, colluding with people in government, you know, trying to get all these laws and things pushed through, which are really styming everything we have to do with a free society. So we kind of want to get you to, to speak to that as well. Um, but before we get into the book, I'd like to hear about yourself, Rob, and tell the listeners a little bit about uh, Robert Yoho and who you are. Okay, well, I, um, I, uh, I practiced medicine my whole life. And I at the end, last 35 years, I was a cosmetic surgeon. And for the last four or five years, I've been studying healthcare corruption. And I ended up writing this book. I thought at the beginning I would uncover a can of worms but actually what i learned was healthcare was a dumpster full of worms it was all tremendously influenced by money and when by the time i got through with this book i my cynicism was unbounded but i never i never ever thought that i would see something happen which was the whole the whole mess writ large and much much worse than than what i found in butchered by healthcare um, so I can sort of give you the ideas about how the money goes around as mm. a background to what's going on with COVID and, and the vaccine and the, the therapies that are being withheld. Yeah, excellent. That, I would definitely love to get into that as well. That's definitely the direction I want to take um, take the interview for this evening, mate, um, because people kind of need to know. Like they, they understand that there is you know shenanigans happening in the background. 
They understand. Everyone knows Big Pharma is corrupt. They have their fingers in every pie. They've got an unlimited, unlimited budget. You know what I mean? They have so much money to throw at anything and anyone, um, and they can they wield a tremendous amount of power. Um, so it's it's it, anything that's sort of happening over there in the US where you are. It's almost an absolute guarantee that it is happening right here on my doorstep as well in Australia. Shenanigans is a a gentle, kind word (laughs) said by a gentle, kind Australian. It's more like criminal, criminal activity, theft, bribery, mobsterism, you know, RICO violations. In other words, that's what that's what we have over here. There's a racketeered uh, act that should be used to take these people down. But actually, I've heard you say that, Rob, actually on a previous podcast, you've and you've mentioned that before that. The way they act is literally like a mob. They are they are a healthcare mob. Mobsters is is yeah probably a perfect term to put it. Peter Peter Rost, who is a Pfizer marketing vice president, uh, this is a quote by him. He says it's scary, and this is a decade ago. It's scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob. Obscene amounts of money, killings, and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law-abiding citizens. However, when they get together as a group, it's almost like when you have war atrocities. People do things they didn't think they're capable of because the group can validate what you're doing is okay. So that that's that's their attitude, and that's that's the way they act. And they're the, these people are criminals. They're mm-hmm. responsible. They they're responsible for the largest criminal settlements in U.S. history. And Pfizer is the champion of the the, the criminals. That and you, all you have to do, your listeners can right now they can turn to the Wikipedia page, just say drug maker payoffs, and they can learn about that. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Pfizer's um, was it? It's in the billions, isn't it? It's it's literally in the billions that they've had to pay oh, off. Oh, the criminal. Yeah, in the billions. Yeah. and it's it's almost every year. And I mean, they're. They're 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 just beyond the pale. Anyway, so the way this thing started, and the, you're right, all the other countries, all the other um, you know first world countries reflect the United States' actions. So we just rained money on our healthcare system. So what happened to us is, per capita, our medical spending became twice that of any other developed nation. It's twice Australia's per capita. You guys spend ten percent of your GDP. We spend twenty, and. You know, Singapore gets by with about 5% of their GDP. So, I mean, they, they somehow, you know, I, I'm not sure I recommend Singapore, but they somehow have kept the healthcare mobsters under control, right? Mm-hmm. So, another consideration, you just have to understand the magnitude of these companies. We have $4 trillion of medical outlay in the United States. It's bigger than the federal tax collections, which is just insane. I mean, it's a huge thing. Just to reiterate that, that is, you said that's trillion with a T, not, not billion, yeah. right? Four trillion. Four trillion of medical outlay. <laughs> so that makes these guys by far the dominant force in Congress. They yeah. can, they lobby or they pay off everybody to keep to keep the money flowing their own way. So what happens is is we pay that we pay the healthcare system, and the healthcare system pays off these mobsters. So. Despite the expense and the focus on healthcare, about half our medical services are well known to be useless or damaging. So, another couple of benchmarks for you: you, your listeners, understand that Apple, and Google alone have a total market cap or value larger than the U.S. federal government spending. I mean, they their influence flexing is to be expected. 
it was unexpected when it started happening. It started becoming more obvious. But and we've got 50 to 70 percent of U.S. citizens convinced to take prescription drugs more than anywhere else. I don't know what it is in Australia, but I I don't think it's that high. Yeah, I couldn't tell you either. But yeah, pharma's gross revenues worldwide are 1.3 trillion which is more than the GDPs in most country and 40% of its revenues and 75% of its profits are from the U S. So here's another quote from another CEO of a drug company named Harry Loind. And he was responsible for promoting chloramphenicol, which is an antibiotic that killed a lot of kids. He said, if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors. So that's their attitude towards the rest of us and the, the doctors also. So another thing that's not obvious to most people in the United States is that the Food and Drug Administration has been entirely co-opted by pharma since the early 2000s. About half of its revenues come directly from the corporations in user fees, which are fees billed during the patent process. So what what happens now is the if the FDA refuses to approve a drug, they might have trouble making payroll. So they're just the FDA is essentially a lackey in pharma's marketing department, and they're they're the interlacings between them and Fauci and the federal money and and the the, the pharmaceutical companies are you know they're they've been detailed in Robert F Kennedy Jr.'s new Robert Kennedy's Jr.'s new book. Yeah, um, yeah. which is, uh, yeah. RFK Jr. is awesome, yeah. A lot of people follow what he does down here through um, the, the Children's Defense uh, Council. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's, he does fantastic work. Um, but what we've noticed too, and we've heard many stories of this happening within the United States, is this revolving door policy that they seem to have with regards to like the regulators, pharma and, you know, doctors themselves and things as well. You know, they'll go from being a high-profile doctor, they might get into... Uh, you know, like in, into your politics that might become a you know some sort of backroom person or in charge of you know whatever it is policy of some kind uh, and then they'll get offered a job with pharma you know after allowing them to do what they want to do then they'll come back again and allow you know like there's, there's this revolving door policy between professionals over there and pharma and it seems to be able, the way they seem to be able to push these things through whatever the laws might be or bills that need to be changed or whatever that, that seems to be one of the major problems you guys have over there. Well, the term of art is called regulatory capture. And it was first, I think, described with the banksters and the what is the bank organization that's the uh, FTC, I think, or I'm not yeah. sure what, what yeah. the bank. Yeah, uh, but they're basically the regulatory agency becomes a uh, a creature of the uh, industry they're trying to regulate through various bribes and everything else. Mm. I mean, it's so I'll get into it a little bit more how the money goes around and you'll understand that a little better. Yeah. So and, and before, but yeah. so I said, just before we get into that, Rob, um, so for yourself though, where did you, I know you've been a doctor for quite a long time. You're, you're in your sixties, like you mentioned, when, when did you get out? When did you stop practicing yourself? Was it just recently? It's about three years ago, and I was working on this project for a couple of years before that. And it, sort of I, I just gathering intel, so to speak. Or? I got led into it stepwise, and oddly enough, the corruption I saw at first. I was interested in prescribing hormones for women who were going through the change of life, and I, there was so much corruption in the information I obtained from 
the FDA and, and, you know, the warnings on the drugs. And it was it was all nonsensical. It didn't jibe with reality. And so I got into that step by step. And then I got interested in this corruption thing. And I was led I was led into one field after the other from generic drugs to uh, the way the whole thing went around in, in terms of the insurance companies and then various specialties who were who see, who are profoundly corrupt. They're paid off to prescribe medications that barely work or don't work. And so that's sort of my... So did you have, were there colleagues that were sort of, you know, saying things in your ear, saying, you know, like, oh, this is, this is a bit, you know, suspect, like this this shouldn't be or did you have you is there some things you were just experiencing yourself as to the what you led you to to coming to say i need to write about this i need to put a book together that talks about the all of the the stunning corruption that's happening within pharma and the medical industry i mean like i just i'm just curious to know what your 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 pure motivation was for going i need to pen this up because you're putting a target on yourself let's 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 be honest you know what i mean like anyone who from the from within the health industry even i've heard of people who are retired like yourself they they put a target on their back whenever they go against the grain like yourself here like it's you know like i mean it's, it's to be honest it's quite brave what you've done to be able to write this book and to put this together you know what i mean lee i'm not so brave i'm retired and my work is entirely derivative of other whistleblowers, right? I didn't come up with any of this material myself or research it. I, I did. I, I hardly did any primary source interviews, right? Um, there, people have been writing about this stuff for 10 to 20 years. And I put it all together in a way that hadn't been done before. And the idea of getting on these podcasts is my unique idea. But I, like, I try to remind myself that I'm not, I'm not living in Hong Kong. We still have some semblance of a, a rational um, uh, system, and uh, you know our constitution perhaps is protecting us a little better than Australia's. Uh, mm. even though it seems as if our, um, uh, you know, all our amendments have gone by the wayside, except for the second. I mean, it's 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 an unbelievable thing, but we're mm. we're we're not completely. The, our rule of law and our our system is not completely gone, and the overreach with these companies and the fatalities surrounding the uh, vaccine and the, uh, you know, all this stuff's kind of coming out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a chance for the home team here, although we've got some these heavy hitters on the other side. And I mean, YouTube and Google, which, you know, they're everybody loves them. I mean, their their original motto was do no harm, yeah, I think. Don't be evil. Don't be evil. Don't be evil. They're at least they're honest people. They changed their <laughs> motto. I don't know whether they change it to be as evil as possible or what, but but they no longer call it do don't be evil, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, so, I don't even know what their motto is now. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I it's they made it a, they made it complicated. Yeah. So so to p- put this stuff together, there's a couple of other simple points I yeah. want to make, sure. and that is. That once the once you understand that the FDA and pharma are working closely together, you you realize that, and you look at the research literature, you realize that they've been shamelessly faking the studies required for drug patents for two decades. Before that, it was more subtle, but the last two decades, nobody has any respect for what comes out of the uh, research literature, and the medical journals are hand in glove with these people, the best, the biggest medical journals in the world. I mean, the British Medical Journal is probably our best remaining journal, the BMJ. But mm-hmm. 
let me i live on quotes so forgive me about this quote this Effort. is peter gercha who was one of the founders of cochran reviews which is i mean it's i'm familiar it's with the, the cochran review it's yep, the yep, most yep. respected source in medicine yep. he said the pervasive scientific misconduct has led to a research literature where one has to dig deeply to find the few gems among all the garbage and what he was talking about was he was talking about the way the statistics were manipulated, the way the studies were hidden that don't promote drug marketing, the use of contract research groups in third world countries and many other frauds. And so the these uh, these vaccine studies are a case in point. I mean, they're a mess. Mm. Um, the in the BMJ two months ago, um, there was a editorial and the title of the editorial is time to assume that health research is fraudulent until proven otherwise. So it, it, it's come out in, in our medical press in the what, what seems to be the only bastion of integrity left in, mm. uh, in journals. So, yeah, and that says so, a lot too, especially, I mean, that's, that's a, a, an amazing revelation that you just said, just, just to go backwards a little bit there, where you mentioned that they are basically paying offshore, you know, I guess, research writers or whatever to put these things together. And I guess... If they don't come back with the right wording, or if it's not written in the in favor of whatever the study's trying to do, they send it back to them and say, "Oh, we're not going to pay you. Write it again." You know what I mean? And and that's that seems to be the way they get these these papers written and published and saying, "Oh, it's been peer reviewed." Well, has it really? You know, the peer review process seems to be completely compromised. Well, it's non-existent. There you so go. Yeah. the the ninety-five percent of articles you get in the major medical journals, the big five, mm. are written by corporate ghostwriters. So, and the journal editors are complicit with the whole thing. They should be, yeah, the, they're the most sophisticated people in the room. They should they're be the ones that are, that are saying no. Yeah, that's right. So they're obviously on the take. They've got to be. But they're, well, it's not, it's not just they're on the take. They get paid directly by the journal, by the uh, pharma companies. They're paid tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands each year by these companies so unbelievable yeah yeah so whenever so i just want to make that point clear for the listeners too so guys whenever you're out there and you you're seeing you know the mainstream media will like not newsm.com or 90 will put up an, uh, an article saying uh new study finds you know pfizer covid19 vaccine 95 percent effective you know study shows you know peer review and they go through the article they'll talk about how it's been peer reviewed blah 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 well, I mean, everyone needs to realize that that is just complete bunkum. It is not. It's been paid for. It's you know, it's ghost written. It's uh, it's fraudulent. It's you can't trust it. So how can anyone, even people like yourself, Rob, who are in the industry, you know, surely you're not alone that know this. Surely there are many other currently practicing doctors and specialists and you know scientists that know this they know this is the the, the process they know that these articles are, are being published and these um you know peer-reviewed studies are getting published fraudulently surely they've got to know this you know what i mean like you're, you're obviously not alone in this right uh lee of course i'm not alone um but let me i forgot i'm supposed to do a disclaimer at the please. beginning which i forgot so let me just say I've heard this, you do this before, medical, but yep please this do. <laughs> isn't this isn't medical care and if you have problems you're you have to go see a doctor so and use this material at your own risk yeah, so this I'm, isn't I'm, advice I'm, we're not giving I'm, anyone any medical advice here yeah this is our opinions yep yeah so um like surely you're not alone that's what i was saying you're not alone no. this. there are others who know that this is the process and yet it still happens. It's still going on. 
Well, there, there's a couple things that are going on, right? The first thing is, uh, and I mean, I was unable to completely red pill myself about this stuff until about four months ago. And wow. I've got this background. I know it's crazy. Well, congratulations I've got this for joining us on well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But see, I mean, I'd, I'd listen to some bullshit on, on the, the media and I would look at myself and think, could I be wrong about this? But then I reminded myself that I'd been studying it for four years and I understood how the money went around. It just was such a, uh, an amazing chutzpah that these, these corporations have, have done to snatch all this money and they just don't seem to care about fatalities and mortality or, you know, morbidity. Mm. I mean, they don't seem to care. And so, so I, I think the doctors are trained like sheep. They're mainly, the, the older ones and I got to say that if someone in my age group can't stand up and say, call bullshit on the whole thing, I don't know. I don't know who we've got that can ever do it. And most of the people standing up are older and some of them are in their 80s and they're they're trained to not be so compliant and they're trained to look at things critically. So this information is around and I will give it to you and you can stick the basics in your show notes mm -hmm. and people can uh, can read it. And I recommend Nobody should listen to me and just eat my meal without uh, testing it and figuring it out. Yeah. But uh, there, there are people telling the truth, and there, there are people standing up in America. And yeah, America's frontline yeah. doctors. That's another. That's a great organization. They're all coming out. They're all speaking out against all the, you know, the, the banning of ivermectin and HCQ and all that sort of stuff, which is fantastic. And they're, they're still out there prescribing it and you know getting the the drug the drugs that people want and and, uh, and need that they feel they can prevent this um you know whatever disease that people might be getting and stuff but you know i didn't really want to go down that rabbit hole too much to to validate that yeah. too much I, no I, there's i've got all those links that you can stick in the show notes that's you, great you, yeah. not only not only are there lectures but um that take the your listeners sequentially through the frauds but uh th there's ways to get help there's uh uh there's lists of uh treatments that are are well established and incidentally my wife and i just got covid about uh, a week ago, and uh, we were sick for two or three days. We took all the meds and we're freaking fine. And she's got a chronic illness that is not uh, makes her high risk. Uh, we would never consider getting that vaccine after understanding what it what it uh, what it uh, is capable of and and the problems. Uh, and we've done fine. And I'm I'm coming around. Yeah, well, that's that's wonderful. That's good to see yeah. you. You're feeling better and stuff. That's great. Um, so. Just to give you an idea of the frauds in these vaccine manuscripts, right? The hospitalization rate, which is probably the most vital number, was absent in many reports. That's the second most important thing after fatalities. Nothing else. What do you care about getting the flu if you don't die and you don't go in the hospital? None of it makes any difference, you know. So they, they withheld that. And um, there are many whistleblowers coming out about the frauds in the Pfizer manuscripts, right? That's being published. And one of my, I, I got a friend who's the smartest guy in the room. He read all the available studies and he said, well, he said, Bobby says, I think the vaccine probably saves lives, but I can't really be sure without seeing all the data. And I prefer another interpretation. And that is when someone lies to me, I, 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 this is Nietzsche said, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on, I can never believe you. So we've been lied to be again and again by these companies mm. and, and, but if the vaccines had a benefit, the studies would have included all the facts. That's right. So they're fraudulent. 
Yeah. The, the studies are fraudulent. The vaccines don't work. What's what's and, the saying, Robert? Lying by omission. You know what I mean? That's that's what they're yeah. doing. They're not putting in the data. Hence, they're lying by omitting the data. They've and got you're all right. kinds how, of how tricks. Can, how, and people wonder why <laughs> people like myself get called, you know, the conspiracy theorists and all this sort of stuff for not trusting. The, that's the, called trust gas, the science. You know, gaslighting. Exactly. Gaslighting. Exactly. That's called gaslighting. Yeah. And that's there. So. You know about the VAERS system, the vaccine, yeah, vaccine adverse okay. event reporting system. Yep, yep. So it's underreported, and it's a it's a it's a it's a voluntary reporting system. And we now, according to that system, have about eighteen thousand reported deaths in the United States, and over eighty thousand hospitalization, and eight hundred thousand bad reactions. Right. Mm, mm. So the underreporting is thought to be by a factor, a factor of ten, isn't of, it? Or, well, or is it between fatalities? Now it's hard fatality. to hide. It's hard to hide bodies, right? So mm. I don't think that the fatalities are reported by more than a factor of five or ten, right? But the estimates for the total problems, it's supposed to be one percent are reported. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. be, okay. So we've we we've yanked past vaccines from the market after fifty fatalities or less. Mm. So. Anyway, let me let me put this to you, Rob. Okay, I mentioned this to a lot of people as well, just to kind of put it in perspective for them. Um, there was a worldwide scandal from a Japanese manufacturer called, and they were they were manufacturing airbags. Okay, it was the Takata airbag scandal? It was this was a global issue because they were making airbags for cars for manufacturers of things like Toyotas and Mitsubishi's, like yeah, multitude of different vehicles. Right, there were many dozens of maiming and uh, injuries happening from these airbags that were faulty in these vehicles. Okay. You know, it's happened over a period of about five to 10 years or something. There were, all right. There was a, it was a global recall of this particular make of airbag from cars all around the world. After have a guess how many fatalities were recorded as a direct result of the airbags. I don't know. It's probably less than a hundred, huh? 22. 22. 22 deaths, and it received yeah. a global recall, all right? Costing this company millions and millions of dollars. And we know for a fact that these vaccines, the COVID vaccines specifically, have literally killed hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. And yet there is no, no. recall of these products. Hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. So, I mean, it's probably how, how do we get a recall the US? How do we get a recall of this product, you know what I mean? Instead, like I mentioned earlier, they they don't put they don't reel it back. They just double down. Now you've got to get your booster, Rob. Go and get yeah. your booster. Go and get your fourth booster if you're in Israel. You know, they're already talking about boosters here in Australia. We've only just rolled out well, we've had the, the vaccine since I think maybe uh what was it? Uh June maybe or August or something like that here in the country. So it hasn't even been here that long. They're already saying you can go and boosters now available or get your booster come January or whatever. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? I, it boggles the mind how these products are directly resulted in causing fatalities and they're pushing more of them. <laughs> yeah. The vaccine obviously is not a vaccine. They changed the definition of a vaccine. That's right. They, they, they should have called the damn stuff the unvaccine, but they didn't, right? So it's th th this stuff seems to produce a modest decrease in disease activity for only two to four months at the price of all these incredible Side complications. Effects. Yeah, complications. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So if you know anything about 
myocarditis. I mean, I had experience dealing with that when I was in, working in medicine. And heart muscle um, inflammation. inflammation. Yeah, okay. They're viral, but this is a chemical or some sort of spike protein myocarditis. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. But the the heart muscle cells do not reproduce, and once you have an inflammation, they get scarred, and you're a cardiac cripple the rest of your life. Mm. I mean, it, this is a it's a horrible problem. Yeah. Um, so, you know, getting COVID, of course, produces powerful and lasting immunity, and you should. It, that, yeah, it's like getting the flu. Yeah, you, know, you get the flu naturally. You'll you'll build up an immunity to it. Yeah. All your life, mm. and it 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 produces immunity against subsequent variants. You know, the delta, the dreaded delta variant, and all that stuff. Of course, <laughs> it it makes you immune against all that stuff. So, the real vaccine card should be. Uh, evidence that you've had the stuff and that way you're not a danger to anyone else you can't pass it on because you're not going to get it again and you 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 can't you know i mean it's you're, you're totally safe to but instead we're anyway I'm well natural natural I mean, they're saying oh, i've heard this many times in many shows um specifically coming out of you know shows like the high wire with Dell big tree and stuff you know they're, they're, yeah. they talk about how um getting any illness almost naturally and then having your body fight it off you'll you'll develop the antibodies and you'll be able to you'll you, you'll never get sick from that particular thing again or if you do you get struck down by it it'll be extremely mild and you'll get over it very quickly um less chance of spreading it and all that sort of stuff and like these are things that we've known about many diseases um f yeah for decades now they know that this is how it works basically and they try they've tried to emulate that to a degree i guess with vaccination um but they know that you know these things like you said was it five, five months four months or five months it, it it's you know the, two to the four months so-called protection wanes yeah um you know and they've they've tested these people after having their vaccines and all their two doses and stuff um and they're they're not only are they not protected against anything they're um, are much more liable to getting sick from even things like normal basic colds and flus because their body's defenses aren't, aren't primed to... Uh, like, they've been harmed, basically, to a degree. That's a lot of the... the I'm, I'm not really sort of phrasing that correctly, I don't think, but that's yeah. kind of what the, the, the literature is now saying, coming out of, like I said, from listening to Del Bigtree and stuff and these TV, um, these other podcasts. But, you know, so it seems to be that this, this massive campaign globally to roll this thing out is not making anybody... You know, more protected or healthier in a sense. When of you know people like I think it's Geert van den Bosch, um, the well-known uh, he's like a virologist, virologist or something from uh, Netherlands, I, I believe. Yeah, you know, in, in the beginning of this, he was saying, "Like, what are you doing? Don't develop a vaccine for this. You need everyone to get this disease. Everyone needs to catch this and get over it as quickly." as Hey guys, if you're enjoying so this interview and you'd like to listen to the rest of it, there's about uh, another thirty to forty minutes of this interview remaining still. Please do show your support for alternative news and media here in Australia and go and support our Patreon page over at patreon.com forward slash real news Australia. It's only about, I think about seven bucks, you know, two cup of coffees a month and uh, you'll help us greatly to keep this machine rolling on through and giving you the uh, awesome content and the great guests. Thanks guys.
Just on the 